Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the Boss Builder Podcast. This is Mac Monroe, the Boss Builder, and we will once again on this episode go into the mailbag. Now again, if you have questions or you have ideas or thoughts as the boss and you want to run them by me and maybe have those addressed on the show, I would love for you to do that. Pretty simple, just send them to me by email at mac, M-A-C-K, at thebossbuilders, with an S, dot com. And I'll take a look at your question and see if we can answer that question on the air. We actually have four that came in today, and I'm not going to read the three to you because they're all kind of similar in what they say and also what the issue is. And the solution for all three is pretty much the same. And then there's another one that we're going to actually open the discussion on. But what I'm going to also do is defer that one until I have one of my guests on the show, and this would be his actual area of expertise, and we'll do that. Well, the three areas that I got questions about today dealt with stuff that's really, really not in a policy manual. It's not in a place where it could be posted as a requirement, but it's one of those things that as the boss, you will be confronted with, and you're going to have to make a decision on it. And then I would also say that your job is to actually deal with this and not just kick it up to the HR department. Uh, all three of these, again, are, are just those oddball things that a lot of bosses say, there's no way I'm ever going to have to deal with it, but we'll talk about it today. So here they are. The uh, first one is, how do I deal with someone who has bad body odor? How do I deal with somebody or somebodies that gossip and the third one is, how do I deal with a person who talks incessantly about political views and religious views? So those three areas are, are, are really kind of complicated because they don't really fall into a category that's easy to deal with. And so what I'm going to tell you, if you go back to one of our first podcasts, I think it might have been the second one where we talked about bossology, you might want to go back and review that one. We use the model of the fire triangle as it pertains to a great boss. And one of those areas on the triangle, remember the fire triangle is a tool, or it's actually a, a model that is used to teach people how to fight fires. The whole premise being that a fire has three elements. It has heat, fuel, and oxygen. If you want to put a fire out, you just remove one of those elements because all three are necessary. We suggested that to be a great boss, you have to, number one, know how to fix systems and problems and processes. We know that one is a natural because most people are promoted to the role of boss because they're good at that. A second area, though, is what I call protecting the house, and that is always being on the lookout for anything that is a potential safety problem or a violation of some sort of labor law or EEOC guideline. And you are the first line of defense as the boss, even closer to that than the HR person is. And so you've always got to be aware. And then the third, of course, is to develop people. And much of our podcast will probably be devoted to that one. But really, where these three areas fall into are areas about protecting the house. And it's not so much protecting the house against things that could be liabilities, even though it possibly could. It's more along the lines of how do I create the type of environment where people are actually comfortable at work? And, and I have to address these things because if I don't, a couple bad things happen. Number one, the problem continues and gets worse. Number two, 
employees take it upon themselves to try to fix it, which that can be a real problem. And third is that you lose credibility. You know, everybody needs to have, I believe, somebody they can rely on to help them get through a sticky situation. And you have to remember this too, that if you're the boss, people are spending at least 40 hours a week looking to you to guide them in what they need to do. And if you are a no-show or too afraid to go handle it or handle it in the wrong way, your credibility is completely gone. So why don't we take a look at what some of the issues are? All right, for one, bad body odor. Some of you listening to this are saying, there's no way I'm ever gonna have to deal with this um, because it's just silly. And I'm gonna tell you, if you do this job long enough, you will eventually run into this. You will probably find it more if you work in a production environment, distribution center, places where people get hot and sweaty. That's a possibility. The other possibility you may run across is dealing in a different culture where a different culture's idea of hygiene may be different than yours. And maybe not everybody takes a bath or a shower every single day. And so there's going to be things that may crop up. But here's the deal. If it impacts the workplace, if people are not able to do their jobs because of this, you have to address it. And it's not just body odor. It can be too much perfume, too much cologne, anything that distracts. And so what I would refer you to is, is a tool that, that I call the, the SWEAR tool, all right? The SWEAR is actually an acronym. And in fact, if you are interested, you can go to the show notes and I'll go ahead and put a copy of the Praise and SWEAR um, postcard that I send out. So you can download that and take a look at it. These are just uh, little acronyms that help you kind of go through a script as you're giving people feedback. So the S in swear stands for state what you know. The W in swear stands for wait for their response. Um, e, educate them on the standards. A, ask them for their input in resolving it. And R, remind them of a consequence. And I believe we could probably use that in the category about the perfume or the body odor. And, and this is, again, this is a, it could be very uncomfortable. I might recommend that you sit down with your HR business partner first tell them about what's going on and then tell them what you had planned to do to rectify it. And if you're going to use the swear script, run the swear script by them and just make sure that you're going to get yourself, you're not going to get yourself into trouble. So state what you know, and you could tell the person there's times when your perfume is too strong and it's too noticeable and then just stop. Don't sit there and, and that's the time to be quiet because the W in swear says wait for their response. Now remember, this is probably a very personal issue. So you might get all sorts of reaction. You might get denial. You might get them to completely shut down. You might get them to say, who are you to tell me about this? But you got to have your ducks in a row. You got to have your evidence. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you too. You, you must personally have experienced the bad body odor or the heavy perfume because if you say there's been some complaints in the office about your bad body odor the first response because now they're defending themselves say well who said who's picking on me yeah I know they always say something about me and also keep in mind too if it's a body odor issue it could be a medical issue and that's a place you do not tread it's a cultural issue that's a place you better tread very carefully which means again sitting down with your HR business partner and talking about what that might look like. 
But what you're doing in the waiting for their response is letting them give you a reason. And it might be somebody saying, I had no idea. Uh, I will tell you, I had a boss once when I was stationed over at Long Beach. And he was a great guy, one of the best bosses I ever had. And he loved to go out and party. And one night he was hanging out, I think, with his brother, and they were drinking, and he fell off his balcony and hit his head, and he lost his sense of smell. And now he was a good-looking guy, and, and there was a lot of women that used to like to hang around with him. Well, I'm there in the clinic, and two of our female employees came up to me, and they said, Matt, can you go tell the boss that he's got really bad body odor. I says, well, I don't want to do that. And they're like, you have to do it because it, it's really noticeable. And I don't think he can smell it. So I went in and I knocked on the door and I said, hey, have you got a second? He's like, yeah, what's wrong? I said, well, I need to close the door. He's like, oh, this sounds serious. I said, it is. I said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but you really have bad BO. He's like, oh my God, thank you for letting me know. He says, you know, I can't smell anything. Every week I have my neighbor come over to my apartment and make sure I didn't drop a pack of hamburger meat behind the stove. And he thanked me for that. You know, this could be one of those things where an employee would thank you for that. So wait for their response and then educate them on the standards. And you may have to go into your policy manual and say that, you know, one of our regulations is that you come to work and you have a clean uniform or uh, your work clothes are clean. Whatever standard you can nail it to, you might want to do that. And then ask them, that's the swear, the A in swear, ask them for, you know, their help. Like, what could you do tomorrow differently so that you wouldn't come to work with the heavy cologne? Well, maybe I wouldn't wear any cologne. You might say, okay, that's one option. What else might work? Well, maybe I don't put it on as thick. Okay, that's an option. What else might work? See, you want to engage them in this. And then remind them of the consequences and say, listen, if this continues and there's not a, a medical reason that we've talked about, there's going to be some consequences. And again, I can't answer for you and your organization what a consequence might be, but this is again where you form that partnership with your HR business partner and say, what can we do about this? Remember, if it's impacting the employee's ability to do their job, you have to address it. You just have to. So that's the bad body odor. Now, the second area is, and I think it kind of falls into this area, the bad body odor, is people that talk about politics and religion. I think you've probably heard that the two areas you don't ever want to discuss with friends is politics and religion. And the reason is, is that people feel very strongly about these things. And in many cases, they might make the assumption that their perspective on these things is the only right perspective. And therefore, if you differ, then we're going to have a debate. And all you need to do is look on the Facebook anymore. And I suspect that if you're listening to this podcast and you're on the Facebook, you've probably at least unfriended one person in the last two years because of some political viewpoint that doesn't mesh with yours. And this is a tough one too. Remember that people come to work, they spend majority of their productive hours at work, and this is where they have friends and colleagues, and this is where they can discuss their political views and their religious views. In, in the spirit of protecting the workplace, I'm going to recommend that you, as much as possible, discourage these kinds of conversations. And it's a dicey thing as well, because if someone is not free to talk about their religion, then they're going to say, you're squelching my religious freedom. But again, your job is to protect the integrity of the workplace. And if someone has enough time to be talking about politics and religion, I might question if they even have enough to do. And maybe we don't really need them because they've got time to talk about your stuff. 
So maybe you, you don't have enough to keep you occupied. Why don't we do away with your position? You don't want to do that, obviously, but that should be part of your thoughts if you've got enough time for this. But you can follow the swear script as well. And let's deal with the political one because the religious one is a little bit too dicey to deal with on a podcast. But I can tell you that talking about politics has absolutely no place in a workplace. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter what candidate you like or don't like. It doesn't matter which politician you like or don't like. What matters is that from 8 to 5 or 9 to 4, whatever the hours are, you stick your nose to the grindstone and you bust ass and get the job done. So you could use the swear script again, right? State what you know. I have heard you on numerous occasions espousing your political perspective and knocking someone else down who does not agree with you and wait for their response and then educate them on the standards. This is where you can go to your corporate values. Your corporate values ought to be something you know pretty well because what you can do is you can tie certain behaviors to the fact that it's not embracing a corporate value. So for example, if one of your values is teamwork. Um, you could say that you know, when you do things and you say things that make people that don't believe your political views upset, you tear down the integrity of this team, which goes against our value of teamwork or our value of collaboration. So what can you do differently now to keep these very strong political opinions out of our workplace? And the person might say, well, I just need to make a conscious choice to not talk about it. And you say, that's good. So if I hear it happening again, then we're going to move to the next step. And again, this is where you need to understand your policy manual, your progressive discipline, clarify all of this with your HR business partner. And it seems like it's complicated and maybe I didn't give you a clear enough answer. And you know what? There's a reason for that. It's a hard thing to deal with. And anybody with a spine needs to know that I can't just ignore this because I'm too afraid. You need to step up and you need to take it by the horns and you need to address it. Your team that works for you as the boss is depending on you. They're depending on you. Which brings us up to one that uh, I have actually talked to several organizations that say this is a problem. And that is gossip. What gossip is, is people that are talking, well, you, well, I shouldn't have to define it for you, probably know. People that are talking behind other people's backs and they might be spreading rumors, they may be talking about stuff that doesn't belong in the workplace and what's happening here is it's creating a culture where people feel uncomfortable and in some cases people can be very offended by this and it tears apart the integrity of your team. And, and then, you know, a typical response I get from bosses is, well, there's nothing I can do about that. People can say whatever they want. But what gossip is, is saying things that have no place in the workplace. And so especially keep this in mind, if you're the boss, it's a pretty safe bet people are gossiping about you. And if you're a boss with true integrity and you've got courage, you probably say, I'm okay with that. I know people are talking behind my back because that's just part of the as part of the job. You know, I use this analogy. The higher you climb, the more people can see your ass hanging out. So just if you can make it a priority for you to get over this, then realize it's my job to confront the gossip when I hear it. And again, the gossip can be tied back to your corporate value, your corporate value of integrity, of teamwork, of collaboration. And that's where you would pin down the person who you have heard. Now this again, you can't rely on hearsay because a really good bad person 
is going to counter your argument and say, well, I didn't say that. How do you know? Who's, who's been talking behind my back? Well, this is the whole problem. They're talking behind people's back. So it's got to be an observation. And you would hear people talking and say, you know, hey, Jim, you got a second? Yeah, what's up, boss? Hey, come on over here. You know, just a moment ago, I observed you saying blank, blank, blank about another person and wait for their response. See, this is where you're going to have to catch people in the act. And this is why, as the boss, it's probably a very, very good idea to spend a lot of your day just walking around, checking out things. Don't hide in your office because, trust me, the things that you're hiding from are eventually going to come calling. And if you are not proactive, you won't be able to handle it. So you're going to state what you have personally observed or heard and wait for their response. Educate them on the standards. You could say, Jim, help me understand how talking bad about so-and-so aligns with our value of collaboration, teamwork, and integrity. And of course, they'll say, oh no, oh no, and say, well, here's the deal. It absolutely goes against everything. And so what can you do next time you're tempted to start engaging in the gossip? Get Work with them and then remind them, if this continues, this is going to be a problem and we'll be looking at next steps. Now, if you download that card from the show notes, you'll also see that there's room in there for recognizing good performance. That's the tool we call PRAISE. It's another acronym. And we won't talk about PRAISE today because today is about taking care of the uncomfortable business. But get used to using the swear script. Practice this. Run it by your HR business partner. If you want to role play it with them, I highly recommend that. Uh, so much of what a boss needs to do is something that a boss needs to learn. And learning about a thing is more than just watching one of our videos in the Boss Builder Academy or listening to my podcast. It's taking the information out, making it relevant to your current situation, and then practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. It's going to make you more confident. And as soon as you handle one of these very difficult conversations, you'll be amazed at how much courage you get built up for the next time you have to handle one of these difficult conversations. And the next time after that, it's one of those things that just takes repetition, repetition, and practice. So that leads us up to the other question that I got. And the question really hinges on this whole idea of organizational politics, organizational politics. And, and what an organization's politics really are is just the norms of how people act and how they do business in this particular organization. Every organization has a culture. And what a culture is, is just kind of like the vibe that goes through the organization. It's kind of how people communicate with each other. It's how they express their opinions. Some companies that I work with have really, really strong corporate cultures. They have cultures that are so strong that other companies want to actually see if they can have them implement this culture in their organization. And, you know, some of the ones that you hear are things like uh, Chick-fil-A or Disney or um, Nordstrom or somebody or Google's another one. They want that culture. And, and that's good. And what's interesting is that the culture tends to come from just uh, a set amount of people that are influential and they sort of set the tone. That's a good culture. What's more common is a bad culture. And it's typically a culture of things like backbiting, it's things like gossip, it is people that are hogging the credit, 
It's people who are undermining authority. It's people who are throwing others under the bus. And, and maybe I'm just a little more tuned into this because in my line of work, I tend to have to go into these areas and try to see if I can't fix these. But there are some cultures that have a lot of what we call organizational politics. Organizational politics are a set of people and maybe positions that are very hard to approach directly. And so you posture to be able to get things done. And, and when you've used the term, and we just talked about Facebook stuff before, you know, politically correct, in many instances, that's you saying things that won't offend others. But when we talk about organizations with organizational politics, there are some things you have to do and say that are politically correct in that organization's culture. So I'm going to just read the, the piece of the question here. And it says this, it says, Mac, can I get your opinion on something? When I come to work, I like to be productive and get tasks done. Work alongside my colleagues and do what I can to help. There is this thing called office politics that I don't care to play. However, at times, I feel like I'm caught in the middle of it. Sometimes I think I care a little too much, but that's just me. Any thoughts on this topic? Well, here's the deal. I'm not going to answer that question in depth. And the reason is, is that I have a guest that will be on my show in the coming weeks. His name is Dr. Joe Reed, and this is Dr. Joe Reed's thing. He actually designed a two-day course on how to navigate organizational politics, power, and influence. And I'll have him on the show, and I'll have him address this. But just as a, as a teaser for that, let me tell you that when an organization has a highly politically charged climate and culture, you owe it to yourself as the boss to engage and not stand back and point fingers and say, I'm not going to get in that political mess. You may find that that is the only way to be heard. And you don't have to sacrifice your own morals and principles, but what you do have an obligation to is to stand up for your team and be able to navigate the sharks and that politically charged red water that you'll be going into. So I know that will not answer my question, writer's question completely, but the good news is the expert will be on tap in a few weeks to be able to do that. Remember, if you are the boss, your job never ends. You're on this 24-7 and people are depending on you to take care of them. Your organization is depending on you to protect the organization and help the organization get stronger. And so, again, I want to applaud you for being in this role. You are in probably one of the most noble pursuits that I know. And I'm very proud of you. So continue to listen to the podcast. Continue to read and learn as much as you can. If you are not enrolled yet in my Boss Builder Academy, I would encourage you to look into that because what you'll get is a series of videos and one-on-one -on -one or one-on-group webinars where we can discuss these things so that you can get better at those technical and managerial tasks to be that boss that's highly respected. Well, that's about it for now. Again, I would love to hear from you. Send me your questions at mac@thebossbuilders.com. I'll summarize a few of those, get them on the air. But until next time, get out there and be the absolute best boss that you can, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, 
macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.